Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. On that bombshell. Yeah, yeah let's do it. it. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously and the only rugby podcast with you 52 weeks of the year and as a consequence we're here in that one of those weekends where there's very little rugby to actually speak of <laughs> um, but we're still here, I'm Tim, that's JB Hello Tim That's Phil Hello Tim Yeah, very little to speak of There's been yes, a few bits and pieces There's been a handful of games Well, yeah. uh, AJ McGinty has kicked America to, well, a victory again. Another victory. Another yeah. victory. Another victory over superbly. Samoa. Against Samoa. Japan looked amazing. looks really, really good. Yes. Scotland must be sort of actually thinking, right, we've got to, we're going to have to be really on our game. Because it's a very different Japan from the one that got absolutely spanked by England. Yeah, well, it's more like the Japan of the first 20 minutes against England, mm. or, or first, most of the first half against England, when they did look like a really good team. And it's more like the Japan who famously and historically beat the uh, the Springboks in 2015. It is a very good Japan team. They, they've got some big boys up front. They're not the biggest boys, but they can certainly hold their own at scrum time. They love their driving mall at the minute, don't they? Their driving mall's powerful. They're all organised, aren't they? They're so well organised. It's very and Scottish, actually. Actually, They're kind of smaller. Scotland traditionally had smaller, more mobile forwards who like quick rucking. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, mm, that could be back, a really good game. Their back line, the Japanese back line, love quick ball. And their, as I mentioned it last week, their intricate passing is delightful and some intelligent running lines. And actually, watching the, the game last week, I didn't mention this bit last week, but the contrasting style between Japan and Fiji was really interesting because they're both, they both have very good handling skills. But Fiji, what they were trying to do was take contact, suck in the players, then offload. Whereas Japan were offloading right before contact because they're physically uh, different, different players, different team have different strengths. Um, and it was interesting to see how that worked, and it, it's worked very well for Japan against Fiji and now Tonga. So they're a good team. Yeah, really. They, good they've team. got USA next week, have they not? Yeah, that's like a showdown because USA are unbeaten, Japan are unbeaten. In the Pacific Championship, I don't see anyone getting the better of AJ McGinty. <laughs> not not until not until the group stages of the actual World Cup, <laughs> when we are following USA. It, uh, it, uh, it should be said, uh, and our, our tickets arrived. Have they? They have arrived. Uh, I might it, not tickets. Um, lanyard passes. Oh, really? what for us? For us. God, cool, excellent. Lanyard passes. What does that mean? Uh, as in, 
it's not it's not individual tickets for the game. We have oh, a Team USA lanyard. Oh, pass. awesome! You have some nice World Cup accreditation there, boys. Which you you'd be you'd we be... do have World Cup accreditation. I just don't know how we pick it up. I'm so rubbish at this. Do you? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Well done. Obviously, I'm looking forward to during the World Cup having podcasts about rugby, but also trains. I'm imagining you're going to go mad on trains on the podcast. Yeah, I'm there. looking forward to that. I don't know. Are we all going to take a bullet train, are we not? We are taking one, possibly two. Yeah, we're not traveling around quite a lot. Um, we're traveling very long distances, so it's just much more efficient to fly. And we're actually spending two days on Okinawa. Which is about five hundred. How many flights are we doing in, south in total? Oh, um, about as many as we did in three days <laughs> going around southern Europe. So, how much access to AJ and the boys are you going to get? Then I'll just call him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've got no idea. Is the honest answer? I don't know. We'll just be following him. No, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I should be asking directing all questions of Phil. Really? <laughs> Any logistics? Yeah. Like, I'm usually pretty good at planning trips. I'm usually pretty good at you know. Drawing a map of a single city. This, you're, um, really good at, you're really good at finding the best bar in town that isn't open. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> superb at that. Um, this trip has just overwhelmed me because, like, the scale of the thing. I mean, it's fair to say I've put in pretty much no effort to it so far. It's all it's all been filled. It's got like a little spreadsheet. You've got pictures of Eddie Jones on it. You've got pictures of Stuart Lancaster on it. You've got it's, all sorts. It's the the past uh, five or six. Every World Cup coach. Uh, sorry, every England coach since. Clive Woodward is lurking somewhere in our little spreadsheet, for, uh, our Japan spreadsheet. Japan. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I'll be anyway. holding the fort back here, boys. Don't you worry. Yeah. Don't worry about me. You'll be hoovering up all the uh, BT Sport gigs in the UK. Well, that's, that, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, there has been some some rugby. Uh, we talk, uh, did we talk out talk H out yesterday for their forwards day out? Twenty two of us went to Johnny Murray's boxing gym. That's what Sail Sharks did the other week. That's exactly what Sail Sharks did, yeah. We basically copied their day out. Uh, and <laughs> if it's good enough for Dimes... <laughs> good enough for Dimes, it's good enough for me. This place, right, is... I, it's on the other, if you know Manchester, this boxing gym is sort of um, Gorton Way. Okay. And uh, classic boxing... Salt, salt of the earth folk, folk there. Yeah. yeah. Well, this Johnny, no messing. This Johnny Murray fella gave us, like, his... Um, uh, his background, British champion, uh, Sunday else champion, fought in Madison Square Garden in front of 20,000 people. Wow. And just worked us intensely for an hour and a half. Uh, absolutely awesome day out. Great so, stuff. Yeah, and there's some that. sparring? Uh, there was a bit of sparring. There was... Um, Health and safety all... Yeah, player welfare. All for most off. players was fine. <laughs> <laughs> One Did guy you... who played welfare, our player welfare protocols, maybe didn't cover... 100%. Um, <laughs> what are your return to play protocols like, just out of interest? You okay to play? <laughs> yeah, okay. <I> can. <laughs> He's joking. <laughs> when the boy came around, I was like, oh, what a shame you don't remember winning. <laughs> uh, uh, so that finished at about 10 o'clock. Um, did you get your gloves on? Of course I got my gloves on. Yeah. And also it's recorded, me having a famous victory over our captain, Harry Rigby. Famous victory. I bet you loved pre-season, Phil. I used to, I did used to like preseason because that was generally the only time of year when I was fully fit. <laughs> and normally have an amazing. You're like you're like the the inverse of Andy Good, who just gets <laughs> fit in time for playing. Used to just get fit in time for playing. You were fit through preseason until the yeah. matches. Uh, my, tr- my traditional uh, preseason would be like really re- really hard work, really good fun, really enjoyed it, smashing all the gyms, setting good good. Um, Lift, lifting, yeah, good standards, good lifting, good times, and all the rest of it. And then three games in, I'm out for like four months. 
three yeah. games into the season. So I loved loved uh, loved preseason. I'm having a, I'm, I'm, I must say I'm actually enjoying preseason this year. It's far far better than previous years. I'm actually allowed to train at the moment, so it makes hell because there'll be a lot of people either maybe playing, coaching, or or having memories. How much preseason work do you do with a ball in hand? All of it now. Yeah, I mean, literally all. I think that's great, and that's and that's the biggest change from where people were, I think, ten years ago to where Mm, they are now. I agree. Everything is ball in hand because you can do all that fitness work outside. Yeah, there's no point in running five like five k if you can do that on your own. You need to use your time to you know work work with the boys. Things you need to do in in a team. Five k as well is it's just non rugby specific. Yeah. You're never so, going yeah. to so here's, work for 25 minutes without breaks. Yeah, but here's where I come down on that, right? <clears throat> for most lads, I actually just think road running is probably the best way to get fit, fit for rugby. I know people think that's insane, but you've just got to do it. You've just got to get used to moving for... An ex- well, yeah, because boxers do a load yeah. of it, don't they? Yeah, exactly. You've just got to get used to moving for a prolonged period of time. And once you've got that base level of cardio, then you can worry about, you know... Um, working in working in short intervals, but if you're a disgusting twenty stone, twenty bad stone <laughs> prop, don't worry about just your short interval work. Go run on the road. Yeah, I guess it depends what your base level. If you've got no base level <laughs> yeah. fitness, yeah. anything is better than nothing. oh, exactly. Because you're in, running cause, cause in the case minute, of a uh, sorry, ten minute miles. In the case of a twenty stone prop, <clears throat> but playing at level seven, let's say, then actually just getting leaner and losing dead weight, yeah, exactly. is going to make your performance overall yeah. way better. Yeah, do not. But when you get to the top level, they're already punching with you know 12% body fat and exactly and then then you can worry about doing the extra bit, bits and pieces but yeah. until then just go running go running continuously i remember um so I was at uni with joe alab who isn't he doing some stuff with england now isn't he been brought he in on their coaching him. i think the rfu have, have got him in I on i think he is he's yes. one, to, one to watch massively anyway he um i was at uni with him and I th- i'm pretty sure like his dissertation was coming up with a um coming up with a rugby specific version of the bleep test or whatever something like uh, that okay something like that so it would it would involve like down ups it was basically sort of chunking up rugby into this is what an average this is what an average say 20 minutes would entail yeah and doing that yeah. that's interesting is this not the guy that ran home because you did his eggs wrong yeah 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 so i was i was the, i was the skipper at uni uh, i was in the back row with uh, with joe lab which is you know <laughs> which is ridiculous with uh, James Hudson, the ruck inspector, and uh, and and, out of those... and and Nick Rouse and Luke Charteris were our locks. Nice, which is unreal. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I organised a team breakfast before our Booser quarter final match, and I organised a breakfast at the at the in the on the campus canteen and asked for poached eggs, and I turned up and they would just done fried eggs. So Joe Lab ran home. <laughs> <laughs> To have poached eggs. I mean, what that, a psychopath? Yeah, that does feel like it, I've I've read stories about um, the England team. I'm sure it was Ricky Flutie, who um, this is in about what, like 2006, seven, something like that, um, when his birthday treat was a chicken breast with a candle in it, <laughs> which is like just taking <laughs> it's. <laughs> Cooked, of course. Maybe, maybe <laughs> some sp- maybe some spicy sauce, but that just feels like it's taking the uh, nutrition to the extremes without the understanding of why you do the nutrition. Well, I, I never said this before, right? But um, I was chatting to one of the sell, sell sharks props. Uh, does not drink, which I think why 
Why even live? But okay, fine. <laughs> um, so he was saying, yeah, don't drink because just don't enjoy it. Like, Fair enough. But he loves mm. his food and he reckons he regularly does at least 5,000 calories a day. And most of those 5,000 5, calories a day will come from mincemeat. Well, like that's his thing. Mincemeat? Yeah, he says, I'll just get some min- uh, mincemeat. I'll make something up. Just fry it up with. Yeah, I mean, sure he has something like spaghetti with it or something. You know? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, 5,000 calories a day. See, and that's what Cell Shock's chefs are, are targeted for. For... Um, for the props too. See, if you're a professional athlete, I totally get how that you need to be meticulous and actually a bit boring. Yes, you need to be. Uh, and having lived in the past with um, my brother and, and and a housemate of mine, they were both playing for Bath at the time. You have to be dull to be a professional rugby player. Just out and say, you come home and you are absolutely knackered, and all you have to, all you want to do is sit down and eat, and that's it. So that's you've got to get the calories in. You've got to get the calories in. So I understand that the worst ones are the non-professional. Nauses who are who do all that work in the gym and eat, eat all the perfect food and do nothing else and just Phil. and just talk it. No, no, no. But Phil, <laughs> Phil, right, Phil, Phil has a balance. He he <laughs> yeah. does all that so that well, well, for health and for, for health, well-being, all the rest of it. But also so that he can get out on the on yeah. the piss once every six weeks. And, yeah, I've, yeah. <laughs> and I've got a mate, I've got a mate who used to be in the forces, and he said that they always do these. They'd always go out and do these runs, and there was this dog leg that meant you did an extra mile. Um, and they used to refer to it as the the sort of sergeant or whoever was in charge. Would go right, come on, we're going to do the dog leg. It's another beer in the bank, yeah, and, that's that, exactly and that's right. the sort yeah, of principle. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, I've got the fat mile up, um, yeah, up on Chawton. So like today, I will do my little run because I was so fat yesterday. I'm going to do an extra mile, my fat mile, the burger mile. Speaking of uh, food and meticulous discipline preparation, yes. Did you see who started at number eight for Leon rugby this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting, isn't Matthew, it? Yeah, that's the other. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's huge. Uh, does anyone know how he got on? I uh, don't, but I, I do know see any... some of the background on it. Well, well, Leon won comfortably, forty-two uh, nineteen. I'm looking at the score now. So, so he's in the One squad of... with Liam Gill and more. More importantly, the silverback Carl Ferns. Yeah. yeah, the best back row in the best number eight in mm. French rugby, maybe English rugby as well. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. They will; these two will not play together, is what I understand. So it's either going to be Carl Ferns or it's going to be Matthew Bastro. But you're not going to. It's going to be very unusual if you see a back row with Carl Ferns and Matthew Bas- Bastro in it. Uh, and apparently, one of the reasons they're doing it is because a lot of what they're going to do this year is going to be centered around around, around the number eight. Uh, so you know, hand, hands, link play, so on and so forth. And they're just seeing, will he be fit enough and will he be good, good, good enough to do it? To keep but, the carrying going yeah, repetition. Exactly. But the problem being is it's one or the other. So you know, yeah. you're getting rid of one of your best players, one of the top 14's best players, in order to facilitate a guy who's just converting over, which but, is fine. But they might also be saying, Let, let's take Bastereau because he can help keep Carl Ferns fit for the whole season. Yes. Because he's had injury problems. The, the danger is, I guess, even with even like that... If you had Bastro on the bench and you say, okay, you run Carl Ferns for sixty minutes, and then you know you the back, uh, game games in the bag, and then you and then you swap them around, fine. But if someone else gets injured, like Liam Gill, and you got to play them both both in the back row, your lineout suffers tremendously mm. because neither of them are particularly uh, good lineout operators, and that's I, what they've got as to. Long as, as long as you've got two jumping locks, not really, because you can what you need. Although it you, makes it a bit. Precise. It makes it easy to yeah, like, mark up. You can get away with one non-jumping pack member who's not not front row. Because if yeah, you're running a six okay. six plus one, you always put the plus one, the one guy, um, where the, where the scrum half is. Yeah. Fine, and that's what Leon tend to do. But if um, 
you know, you've got another guy in there who can't jump. Well, all you, of a sudden... They'd have to cut the numbers in their line out, which then means you've got more defenders out in the yeah. midfield, which makes it harder to win off first-face ball. That said, you can also... I suppose you could manipulate your bench, couldn't you, to um, hold an extra six, back? 6-2 six, split. Or 6-3. Because you could yeah. use Bastero in the back. Because you could start Bastero in the back and then rotate him to the forwards and bring on the back. Do you think he's fit enough to do that? <sighs> Yeah, I think he is. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather start uh, Carl Ferns in, in the centre <laughs> and move him to back row when Bastero. Carl going. Ferns is one of those one of those guys, and it happens every now and again where you cannot quite believe the physical transformation of a player through their like mid twenties. Yes, he oh, he was always a hard as you like when he was a flanker um, at, at Sale. He was nails. But he is and at Bath abs- and, and at Bath. No, but no, but it was whilst he was at Bath. He just got. Unbelievably massive. Oh, oh, I... You all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He just got unbelievably massive. He is huge. So, th- anyway, what I'm trying to say is this is not the Sam Burgess story all, o- uh, 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 all over again. There isn't some uh, guy converting from one position to, to but, another. But if you were going to pick a player that you'd like to see how they would go, just an experiment... If you could change someone's position for, for experimental purposes, who is there anyone you'd like to see? Um, there's bloody tons of them, actually. Um, but you'd have to go through... So I am obsessed with converting people who play back row into, into props or hookers. That's, that's, that's not... Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a little below the standard of where these boys are playing. <laughs> but, like, actually, the guy that we were just, just, just talking about, Carl Ferns, I'd love to see him have a go at loose head prop. Why, why, why not? You know, if you look at um, the props that they play in, say, the, say the pre- like the Premier Cup, when they are down to the bare bones in the, the Premiership, it'll be those guys that get called up into the main squad or they've got someone on loan. Just from a money point of view, like look at look at Ashley Johnson going yeah. from eight to hooker. Gets more money, gets gets a longer career. And look, back row is bloody hard, hard to play. So there's a load of back rowers that I'd love to see play hooker. Love them. That, that, that got me... Um more time in at first team level being able to play front row play front row yeah. exactly so like um Sale Sharks have got um Cam Neal who's about 62 I'd say right and they've also got John Ross who's about 62 John Ross is a phenomenally hard man surely he could do a, a bit of a stint at hooker right two massive props either side probably the, the difference with Ashley Johnson was he had actually played it as a kid wasn't he yeah hadn't he so he wasn't learning totally new skills although he hadn't actually played it for 10 years or so before he started converting. So I, I don't know at that level, because I, I almost think at that level, unless you've got some miles in the in the bank already when, when you were much younger, you'd almost have to forego one season to play at a lower standard to mm. build well, yourself you, up. I think you just throw, you just play in the... I, I, most of this stuff comes to attitude. I really think it com- comes down to attitude. If they say, I'm going to play, come what may, and I'll be fine, they will probably be fine. But, Definitely true at levels six, seven, eight. I'm not sure it translates well, all you to need the to higher do, level. Just throw me in at like an A League game, <clears throat> see, how, see how it works. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's what I mean to yeah. to do it properly. So if you're playing on a John O'Ross is not really playing on a Saturday afternoon and then a Monday night in <laughs> no, row. But so you would do it. You to... way, John O'Ross isn't a great example. Before anyone says I want to move John O'Ross to hooker, I do not. <laughs> that is not that was not my intention. Oh, I tell you another one, uh, Josh Strauss. So Josh Strauss at Sale Sharks is actively thinking of moving or has thought this season... Well, he's moved now to... Uh, Bulls. Bulls, yeah. Yeah, so I can say it. Um, actively thought about moving to front <laughs> row. 
Because his really? brother is an enormous front row. I uh, thought Josh Charles would be a bit taller. Yeah, I would have thought so. But, you know, he's... In, he's Andrew animal, Sheridan was 6'5". Yeah, he's animal, True. He's animal strong. His, uh, his brother d- uh, does it too. And again, it's cash, isn't it? Cash and options. Yeah. The more things that you can do, the, you know, the, uh, the better you become. And the more I'd, money I'd you love can. to see Justin Tipperick at outside centre. Yes. Yeah. That would be I mean, one that I'd sort of go, he's got a skill set that if he'd have decided aged, um, I don't know, whatever, 15, 16 to be a centre, he probably could have been an international there as well. There's a, there's a few really athletic back rows, like someone like Quagga Smith, mm. someone like Michael Hooper, someone oh, yeah. like, uh, what's the, um, Hamish Watson, the, the Scottish lad. The, all of those boys, I think, could do a hell of a job in the centre. Mm. Moriarty talker. <laughs> was he six two? Was he six two, six three? Probably perfect. Big, broad shoulders, hard. <laughs> Moriarty's a hooker. What few... position was his old man? Good question. Don't know. Uh, I, pretty, I think he was in, I think he was in number eight. Yeah. Uh, uh, but his uncle played as well. I think they were all locks or back rows. I'd say someone who I would have liked. I I think and could still do this. Could move in. If and I'm not sure if he's got the head for it, but George North. Oh God, if no! If he'd have wanted to it, play, now is, is that a pun? Not got 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 the head for it, or no? I, I'm not sure he's got the mentality <laughs> for the work rate. <laughs> oh, right, okay. um, <laughs> as as a back row, I think physically he'd certainly be big and strong enough. It's whether he would have the the mental attitude well, towards the I discipline and work rate. Battered, I yeah. His his body. Battered. I don't know if that's it's probably a consequence of him being a winger, but his upper body. Uh, he's a big boy, full stop. Yeah, but his upper body thighs. is small. Compared to his legs. <laughs> well, um, there's a quote from Warren Gatlin saying that they need to keep him away from the gym because he puts on weight so so quickly. As in muscle weights. So annoying. What an awful <laughs> problem. Poor yeah. guy. Pray, pray for George. Um, yeah, there's not that many backs I think I would, I would move in. There's plenty. I mean, the thing is with back row. He's, he's, well, by the way, he's like the opposite of Steve Borthwick who um, used, they used to limit the amount of at Bath, he used to limit the amount of sort of cardio work he could do because he would just lose, lose weight, weight so yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. Paul O'Connell had the same problem towards the end of his career. Losing weight. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. everyone has that problem. No, I see. Losing weight towards yeah. the end of their career. I certainly don't have that problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really think of, of, of many more. Mostly back... Uh, mostly Other than Johnny Mater Flanker. Oh, obviously, Johnny Mater Flanker. Yeah, no, that's a good show. I don't think there's any backs I'd like to put in the front row. Uh, Bastereau. I might put Harry Thacker at 12. <laughs> yeah. His brother, Charlie Thacker, did play centre, didn't he? He, he still does. Yeah. He still plays for Leicester, I think. Did he not get, was he not one of those many, many players released when they cut deep? Possibly. Mm. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, we can all look at the success of uh, Richie Vernon as to how he could uh, tra- transition from uh, <laughs> flanker to centre. <laughs> it's tough. Totally different games. be interesting to see the... the uh, Bastero highlights, but I can I can imagine in France on their if if that was televised or whatever, or the second it is televised, Bastero it will be every it will be like when Sam Burgess yeah played for Bath and everyone was so excited. To so call. I'm going to mention this now. I watched the whole because I had a bit of time on Friday. I watched from start to finish the entire England 2015 game against Wales. Oh, great Six Nations match! Great Six Nations game. But sadly, I was <laughs> that, was the, that was the only time they played, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. yeah. I, th- I think so. Uh, the World Cup game. And, uh, yeah, looking back at it, some people just had a, a really good game. Like, a really good he game. Was, it was a horrible scapegoat to you to for people to blame him. Yeah. I, I still... Th- no. He is not the scapegoat. He is the 
the symptom of what went wrong. So he did nothing wrong personally. He played. He actually. He was called he, up. Did everything. Did, did everything, everything right. right. But he shouldn't have been there. It's, it's not his. It's not his fault. And he even did well when he was put on the field. But again, the loss was not his fault. It, it was just sort of, you know, he was just a a, a symbol of what of you know, muddled thinking by a coaching staff who were completely out of their depth. Um, but I, uh, anyway, uh, watch that back. Start to finish on Friday night. Um, I think I'm going to start watching more old games. I might even start recording some commentary over the old games. It's a good time to do it over the summer. Yeah. yeah. In uh, Well, we were 50 days to the World Cup uh, last oh, week. Yeah. So in 50 days' time, or less than 50 days' time now, you will not have time to watch anything, any old stuff. I will be watching <laughs> two or three games a day. Are we... uh, before we move on to something else, Jay, I've got a genuine question. Yeah. You are looking in a real bad way. Hay fever, Your mate. eyes are streaming. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Hay fever. Are hay you fever. sure you've not been pepper sprayed again? No. Just... <laughs> I feel absolutely terrible. In fact, I'm going to pause this podcast now. In fact, no, you guys carry on. I'm going to nip to the... Uh... Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let people know about our live event. But hopefully, yes. we're, we're, we're waiting till September so the pollen counts are lower for, for JV's benefit. But September the 7th at HQ Twickenham... Saturday, September the 7th, there is a whole day of podcasts, including ours, which we would love for you to come and join us at. It's a perfect way to build up to the Rugby World Cup. This is in the brand new refurbished East Stand of Twickenham. It's podcastlive.com is where you need to go. And like I say, on the day that England fly out to Japan, what better way to have a World Cup preview, day of a whole day of rugby with like-minded fans at HQ, and then, you know, a couple of drinks on the river uh, afterwards. And also to um, celebrate JB's bid to become one of the um, expenses-grabbing RFU committee members. Pay me those expenses. <laughs> JB2020. JB2020. Five-star hotels. Is Joe Biden still online to, to be sharing that hashtag with you? It looks like me and Joe will be sharing that hashtag. I mean, the way things are panning out with democratic, debate, uh, democratic debates last week. So, yeah, ho- hopefully me and, me and JB2020. Yeah, so it might be JB2021, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Only one of them sniffs hair. Well, yes, go with that for now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, uh, I just so y- in the mirror. I look like a zombie from 21 days later. <laughs> so there is there is our podcast, which will be there. Uh, equally, Brian Moore will be there. And well, no, not equally. He will be no, there. He will be there. Um, wait and see what T-shirt he's wearing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, who else is there? Will Greenwood. Will Greenwood. That's Nick the Heath big. That's is the there. big one. Maggie yeah. Alfonsi is going to be there. Yeah, brilliant. Very so exciting. Whole day of podcast. Podcastlive.com. Put us as your preferred podcast. We'll make sure you get a prime seat and you you come along to the Negroni Party 2020. <laughs> there we go. Um, you just mentioned Wales. Yep. Yeah. In, the, in a World Cup game. So Wales in a World Cup game. There was some news last week that they are going to be missing a certain player. Devastating news. Germany. Genuinely devastating news. Well, not genuinely. It is. It's, it's bad. It's real bad. Toby Fallasal's out. Uh, broken. Broken clavicle. I understand. Yeah. Uh, was this picked up in in training? Clavicle is that the little collarbone? Collarbone. Collarbone. Yeah. yeah. I thought you could. Um, put, you know, a lot of man up. <laughs> yeah. Can he? Can he not? I can be fixed. Can't Get on with it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you can. You can plate it, which is what because he had surgery, which is what it looks like they've done. Mm. Um, I know two people who've come back from collarbone surgery too soon broken it again but it's caused way more damage because you have a plate and screws put Didn't you say you haven't you told us once you can die from a collarbone uh, that is sc joint dislocation oh right is that the same thing 
No. Sternoclavicular dislocation, which I did actually, um, but I had a, whichever it is, mine came outwards rather than inwards, because if it goes inwards, Ow! it can... Was that like a sideways impact It was popped it out forwards? Oh, yeah, it was against uh, Cambridge, landing with, what's his name, old um, Northampton flanker, Darren Fox, and a couple of the other blokes on top of me, and just my left shoulder went... And because I'd previously dislocated my um, AC joint, acromial clavicular joint, there was plenty of give in that side of my collarbone, but there was no give in the other side of my collarbone. So that went. Ugh. Anyway, I know two people who've had a broken clavicle, had it plated, yeah. gone back too soon, and it's broken again in the same place. But because you've got a plate in there with screws in, it's done way, way more damage because oh, the, God, screws have, the screws have been ripped. Sheared off. Yeah. So it's not worth... I, I think they went back after something like 12 weeks, which given those kind of uh, seven weeks till the World Cup, um, he's, he's going to want to leave it more than 12 weeks is what I'm saying. He can come up for the final, right? Possibly. Well, the, the, uh, we could get called up as a, re- as a replacement yeah. if there's yeah. injuries, but... Uh, obviously really bad but they won the Six Nations without him they did yeah they did but he's still... Josh, Josh Navidi's been one of the fines of the last year or so I mean I'm going to say Billy V is probably the world's premier eight at the moment um, I would go with that there is probably but... an argument that you can say oh, coin flip Kieran Reid on his day um, Kieran Reid a, a couple of years ago I think he's slowed down a little bit yeah agreed Dwayne Vermaelen again Vermaelen is a, beast. a couple of years ago he does seem to have slowed down a little bit but, but then after that you might you might actually say yeah it's Falatau. And you might even say, if they're all fit right now, those are things that Falatau does, which is superior to all those other three. Agree with that. In the outside channel, he is... Oh, his feet! Yeah. That game, that game when, when Wales ran New Zealand close in New Zealand, he yeah. was just out of this world good. He is out of this world good. Uh, and it's that's, and that's a shame. Wales will, will be fine. And it opens the doors to other possibilities. We're going to have to be looking at, I guess, <coughs> Moriarty will fill those shoes now. Moriarty and Navidi will be their two eights, you'd think. You'd assume that and they would the... start with the same, because the, the the first choice back row for the Six Nations was Navidi at six, Tipperick at seven, Moriarty at eight, with then Wainwright on the bench. Yeah. Um, with Because Moriarty and Navidi can both cover six and eight, so Wainwright tips can cover seven. You've got Shingler coming Shingler back. Shingler coming back. Mix, love Shingler. Who's in Shingler. such good form, who offers something different in the line out. His offloading game. Oh, is that Wales Scotland. Um, the first game was it the first game in the Six Nations last year? The pre- yeah, in twenty eighteen, like, he was a proper baller. He is. A, he's that's yeah. brilliant. But it, it does. So Wales obviously won the Six Nations, won a Grand Slam without Falatau. The bit that is different, and I mentioned this towards the end of the Six Nations or at the end of the Six Nations, the conditions in Japan are going to be significantly different to the conditions in Cardiff in February March. Mm. It will be, as England have been finding out, um, it will be 30 degrees and 78% humidity, which, even with all the flamethrowers going off in the Principality Stadium, <laughs> Cardiff is <laughs> not that <laughs> temperature. What do you suppose the uh, Cardiff Arms... Cardiff Arms Park, it's not even Cardiff Arms Park, is it? The Millennium Stadium? No, Principality Stadium. Principality <laughs> Stadium. It's hard uh, to carbon, keep up. Fo- carbon footprint is. <laughs> like in the days of Greta Thunberg, um, you know, uh, Minute Genazzi. Uh Isn't it... Isn't it a little bit irresponsible to have like, flamethrowers everywhere? It's, it's probably the same as having like a thousand cattle grazing 
for six months. <laughs> just <laughs> Why? Or it's... like around the world trip on a private jet. Yeah, I, I can't see. I can't see it lasting that much longer. The uh, the, the flames in the, in the Prince Palace. Um, that's besides the point. What we DJ Spoonie and Laser Show is much more, much yeah. more eco friendly. Yeah. Laser shows seem more eco friendly. There we yeah. go. We'll do that. As long as, as, be happy. as long as you're using solar panels to create the electricity for your lasers. Exactly. I love that the um, there was a there was a celebrity climate change summit. Oh, yeah. Everyone jetted in on private jets to <laughs> yeah. Davos. I did <laughs> see that. A hundred plus private jets and fifty plus private yachts. I mean, you want to say what a bunch of morons, but they can't be that stupid if they're all flying in private jets. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Um, so anyway, anyway, Wales will manage it. I would have. The conditions would be right for Falatau. The conditions mm. would be so much better for Falatau than the Six Nations. So it's such a shame. Do you do you put much stock in um, the idea that whales are much fitter than? Everybody? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Anyone else like, like, like they say? Um, I think, I, I don't think there's a massive amount of difference between what? the top teams, the fitness of the yeah. top teams. Do. Depends if they've done Eddie Jones's fitness regime to make him 30% fitter in how? two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they are, maybe... <laughs> Um, Falatao's injury is straight off the Eddie Jones playbook. England, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, were getting season-ending, career-ending injuries in training. So maybe they're just copying Eddie. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fittest team I, is New Zealand. And not, and I don't just mean that, that if they all did the bleep test or a rugby equivalent of the bleep test, they would necessarily score the highest. But because... They always perform better in the last quarter of a game because they are, they do read the game better and they're more intelligent. Yeah, so they that's position it. themselves. Better, yes, so they're exactly. Running fewer meters. That, yeah, no, they're, they're fit. The, the, the fitness isn't. Uh, they probably score very similar times on a beep test, but they have the best rugby brains. Yes, so they make the best decisions. So that they use their energy most economically. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I completely. They're agree like a that. hybrid. But, uh, yeah, I think there's an element of that, and I also think there's an element of psychology as well. Like if you don't particularly like your coaches or your teammates, even though you say you are working as hard as you can, there is a difference. And I think that's the difference that you see in the Welsh team. They work so bloody hard for each other. Like doing extra fitness, doing extra bits and bits and pieces is part of their part of their culture. Whereas I think other teams it might be, well, yeah, we we'll work as hard as we're told to work. But there's there is a combination of those two points with the Wales team as well. Because they've got a much smaller player base. Mm. They've had such squad consistency and Playing with the same people week in week, or week in week, year in year out, playing multiple 
games with the same combination. The old uh, Ben Darwin law. It will make you a better mm. team. Yeah, but w- yeah, I get that, and I do agree with it. So, but then there's the Ben Darwin law, and there's the Stuart, Al- Stuart Lancaster outcome, which is he was obsessed by getting consistency and you know, building look, people's caps. And he was it- just on caps, though. He was just looking for because it's the World of- Cup team. I, n- I know they correlate, but then he would have started with the same. Uh, centre partners if he wouldn't have introduced someone like Sam Burgess I know if that was his yeah so out- that's exa- oh yeah yeah. all comes back to Burgess it all goes back to Burgess <laughs> always does oh, I, I, we also mentioned Chris Robshaw earlier in the context of that 2015 game and my favourite um, tweet of the whole week was <laughs> when Harlequins named their their new captain um, Chris Robshaw for this season uh, and they, they said what's your favourite Chris Robshaw moment and Danny Kerr said without a doubt it was yesterday uh, when he thought Ramadan was a Japanese noodle-based dish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I wonder how awesome. far away he is from being called back up to England. Well, I thought with Brad Shields out he would be in, but clearly not. I guess if the, it sounds like they've, they've decided to move on and come what may, he's not getting back in the squad to come I mean, an absolute injury crisis. I think... I'd like to say one more. Definitely two more injuries he'd be back in. Do you think he gets in before Ben Curry gets in? Probably yes, but... I'm, yeah, probably yes. But I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% certain. I'm, it, depends, it depends who gets injured. If Tom Curry gets injured, Ben Curry's more likely to get called up. Yes, that, that, that is true. If uh, Mark Wilson gets injured, I think Rob Shaw might be more likely. Uh, it's a mystery to me why Ben Curry's not included or st- talked about or hasn't been training with them or hasn't done anything with them. Apart from his initial call-up when he got... Yeah, his... I think even well, then they might His initial call-up when he was above Tom Curry. Yeah, yes. He was going to start yeah, Tom yeah. Curry on the bench against Argentina. Uh, and Ben Ben is, as I've mentioned before, the, I think he's he's current sale, current sale player of the year. Over his brother. Voted for <laughs> by, the, by the players. Which is quite something. There you go. Um, the, the other thing, the other thing that happened at Quinns in this preseason is um, uh, Gordon, uh, Gordon Ramsay popped up at their preseason with an inspirational, motivational team talk with Nick Orterat. That Nick Orterat, yeah, he put the two bits like he did in that Kitchen Nightmares in America or whatever. He put a slice of bread on each of Nick Orterat's ears. What are you, an idiot? A sandwich. <laughs> It's an interesting person to come and give a, uh, a motivating speech. He I is mean, not, I'm not saying it's a bad shout. It's just it's an unusual. Normally, you'd get another mm. sporting person. Or I, I, I've had a couple of amazing inspirational speeches from the former military personnel, um, and so a TV chef is an interesting person. True. Now, professional chefs in high-end kitchens, they are unbelievably stressful, yes. difficult, competitive environment. I think he was giving but, a talk on keeping cool under pressure. Even so, I've, I've actually worked in, in, in kitchens. I'm like, it's not really much of a team dynamic. You know, there's not really much support. It's like, ready now? Is it ready now? Is it ready now? Is it ready now? Like people shouting in your and face. And it's kind of... Um, very, it's very much. Authority is like unquestioned. It's like if the person above says, yeah. do it, you do it. You do it. Uh, and also Gordon Ramsay is one of these guys who seems to have lost his mind a bit you know, as fame has um, 
as his fame has grown and grown and grown. He's also, he's also lost some of the wrinkles on his forehead as the Botox has grown yes. and grown and grown. <laughs> so, yeah, there's an interview with him and he was talking about how he likes to drive a car really fast on a circuit once every month because it keeps him on edge and keeps him sharp. And I was like, yeah, you've lost... Yeah. This is when you've become too wealthy and you've lost all sense, sense of reality. <laughs> I need to race a car around a circuit <laughs> once a year. Of course you do. I mean, why wouldn't you? So uh, That's the missing piece in my jigsaw. So why hadn't <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. that? God, I'd be so much more successful. That would unlock all that success. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one uh, I was going to say about Holofins is they do a load of cool things. And I think it's because they're in London. So they had a, Apache helicopters land, at, land in, in training the other day. I mean, yeah. again, I do not see what the utility is of having an Apache helicopter land other than it's pretty cool. Yeah, but Very you, don't, you cool. don't see the utility of having wolves and snakes yeah, got wolves in a defence session. It's just got Gustard written all over it, hasn't it? Uh, they've got... Um, Guzzy mixing it up. Yeah, it's just it's just a cool club, isn't it? Because they're so close to everything. Like, you know, they did the kit launch in BT Tower. And, you know, someone, someone's, uh, they've got Maserati parking. It's a, Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just a cool club. It is a cool club. <clears throat> It's a very cool club, and and this and the 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 social media quality of preseason. There's, there's basically so. Do you think do NFL to... do NFL still do the hard knocks series? Because they stopped. They didn't do that last year, did they? I don't know. Did they not? Or maybe I don't know. maybe because all or nothing is. On oh no, they, no, they did do it. It's, um, I just like no, they did do it. I just don't think it gets the traction it does because there's so many other ones yeah. out there. Anyway, but but rugby clubs have started putting out these preseason videos. You know, in fly on the wall type stuff. Bristol done have, have you know changed the game, but they they're one of the ones that did a good one this week. Do you see the interview with Bruce Arians this week? Bruce Arians, for those who don't know, is a very high ranking American football coach, very successful one who's now in charge of um, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he gave a gave an interview. He said he would fire any one of his coaches who misses a one of their children's plays. Um, uh, school activities, anything to do with your children. If you miss it, Bruce Arians is threatened to fire you. Wow, wow. which is like uh, overreaching. <laughs> yeah, a little over, a little overreaching. And you know, not to mention how the kids must feel when you know Dad's been forced to be there <laughs> under the threat of his job, not really enjoying it. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, those things are important, but also some of them are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go, Bruce. I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. Get out! You're fired. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you got any any rugby news? Uh, anything? Well, so the the rugby that it was, we mentioned Japan looked really good beating Tonga, yeah, and comfortably hammering them as well. Yeah, scoring some really good tries. Although the, the number of missed tackles, I think that's a consequence of the I way of Japan. No, no, no. I think that that says a lot about the way Japan are playing. Okay. Again, the late offloads before contact, so they're putting people through on weak shoulders through holes. Yeah, and um, and they're playing at such a pace. Just you're blowing hard, so I can't wait for that Scotland game. But but also we mentioned it earlier. USA are having a bit of a resurgence. The a good win against Samoa. Mm. Yeah, it is a good, really win. good win, and they put themselves in a position to score a late try and win the game. Thanks to AJ McGinty. AJ. Um, and the other game in that was um, Fiji hammered Canada, mm. 38-13. Some amazing tries, and I mean, Tui Silva and Semi Rodrada. Are just unbelievable. They've got uh, um, Paul back, the, Nakarawa, uh, uh, Yato, um, and Mata, uh, yeah, and Kunitani. I mean, God, they're athletic. They're awesome, aren't they? Massive, fast, strong. So they've the, got everything. So the, pe- the team you do not want to see is Fiji. The team you want to see is Fiji, 
at the start, the start of the group stage. The team you don't want to see is Fiji at the end of the group stage because they'll be substantially better than the start. The, the time that they're having together now is going to be absolutely critical. But they, you know, Paul Williams, uh, rugby journalist um, on on Twitter, uh, he put out a tweet about the Fijian backlines or the the back three options, and it's something like you know, twelve players deep who everyone would well, want. Yeah, and that's yeah. not that's before you even take out the players that they're not allowed to have because other nations have stolen them. Yeah. Like uh, Rocket Aguni or Nakatasi or um, the French lad, Naholo. Uh, the French lad, French lad. Uh, well, Nakatasi or no, the Akarawa. No, Bakarawa, you, no, you one. missed one. Oh, uh, Alvaretti Raka. Oh, Raka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one of the French lads? <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. There's loads of them. Absolutely loads of them. Uh, right, let's talk about next week's. Um, yes. Rug- uh, rugby championship. Well, no. before before I do, what's this new jersey for the rugby dungeon? So well, we're all we're always happy to. Uh, we did talk about re- it a few weeks ago, Tim. You weren't here. Oh right. So yeah, uh, this was this when but, but you weren't we, here, but we prob- we probably didn't do justice. I don't <laughs> I don't think. Oh, by the way, we've we've received a great uh, quiz from our American listener, Peter Short. Well, not our American. We have. We have a lot of listeners in America. Ten yeah, like percent, I think, of our yes, audience is yes. in America. It's mad, mad. Anyway, one of them, Peter Shaw, has sent us another quiz, which we will do next week. So Ooh, thank you, Peter. Exciting. Received, and he's also sent us his. Um, well, I, I don't know if he want me to say he sent us something that he's been working on as well, a little side project, which is quite good. Anyway, more on that next week. Excellent. Um, but yeah, so this is new to me, and you you said you want you uh, you sort of flagged up. You need to do it justice, Phil. So. Yeah, well, we we probably didn't do it justice last time. But I didn't realise who signed it. <laughs> That's a thing. Um, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so this was sent to us by Mick Ryan. It is an an Anzac jersey from a Lions game. Now you had the, the full detail of this. I do. Was I wish I no longer. Oh, don't have them here. No, I remember when I used to. Two thousand one. It looks about that age. I remember when I used to have um, have. Um, I used to have like this when I first got into rugby as mini rugby. I, I got bought for Christmas, a hundred and one best tries and another hundred and one best tries, and that was the only time I've ever seen the Anzacs jersey. But it used to be an annual thing. Yeah, um, the Anzacs being Australia and New Zealand combined. Yeah, and this is this is a signed version of the jersey, uh, signed by Chris Latham. Uh, yes, so signed by tri- by by Triple M together with members of the Australian Defence Force. The match was played nearly twenty four years to the date that date since Wallabies and All Blacks last teamed up against the Lions. Okay, so the classic Wallabies on show: Chris Latham, Stephen Larkham, Jeremy. Oh, so this Paul. is a classic. Yeah, right. Uh, Sam Sam Scott Young, Nathan Gray, Garrick Morgan, who I used to love, uh, David Croft, and Matt Dunning, combining with former All Blacks Scott Robinson. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce that other guy's name, but he's also very good the other way. And I think that game that he's referring to is probably the one, the one that I was talking about that I saw tries from. But um, Chris Latham, uh, I'm delighted. That's amazing. A great one of those great. Oh, that there, there's a guy who could have been a back row. My <laughs> yeah. God, he was a machine. He could, he could. He was such a talented all round athlete. Yeah. He could have played whatever position. And probably whatever sport he wanted yeah. and would have been amazing. Um, but I used to didn't, pull his, so- didn't him, pull his socks up. So. Him, <laughs> Matt Burke, Joe Roth, or Ben Tune. Yeah, Latham was just class. Yeah, he, did he not finish off in Worcester? Yeah, I just, I just looked him up. He finished off 
somewhere else. Where, where the hell is I, this? I, it was oh, right, of course. Japan. Finished off in Japan. Of course, he did. everyone finishes off in. But he did Japan. have uh, a couple of seasons in in Worcester. Two thousand eight, two thousand ten. I remember watching him at the same time that Matt Burke had gone over to um, Newcastle. Newcastle, and he yeah. again he was one of those guys who um, they used to not well allow him not to train because he's Matt Burke. He already knows what he's doing. Got the uh, the miles in the bank. Yeah, I'm just going to teach um, uh, uh, Matt Burke how to you know field a highball. No, <laughs> it's not necessary, is it? So rugby championship this weekend. Who have we got? Um, let me get it up. Is it a slim down version of it? This, this is this is the final round. Final round. Final weekend. Yeah. So two games. Uh, we have got Australia hosting New Zealand, followed by Argentina hosting South Africa. So the first game, I suspect New Zealand will continue to rotate. I think I I imagine they will give the uh, Moonga Barrett combination mm. another go because it. There were some good things and some Remember Barrett less combination, good things. you mean Barrett at fifteen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um I think they'll keep that and then they'll change a few of the other positions around. I don't like it personally. Uh I feel that they should go with one or the other. Be it's like when a groom chooses two best man, men because he's a coward. Right? Didn't you, you, you didn't you have two best men? Nope. You had uh, Steve Elliott and Tom who both did speeches. Uh, no, no, he said said a few words, but <laughs> he definitely was not. Having a, not a and best having man. seen, um, <laughs> he definitely was not. A best having man. seen his, you didn't go on a stag do. Having seen his speech, oh no, no, it was the other way around. But yeah, having seen Steve's best man speech at JB's wedding, I'm surprised you didn't have someone else yeah. to do a speech <laughs> as insurance. Yeah, I I gambled, and it did pay off. To be it fair, it did pay off. Yeah, did all right. So that's kind of how I think. I wonder if they're going to, you know, in their effort to force a team together. That they kind of go the wrong, the wrong, the wrong way with this. So I'm not a huge. Be fan interesting of to know D-Mac. what would be happening if D-Mac was still fit. Yeah, because he's ace and he's yeah. ace at ten as and well. He, he sort so of... maybe I am wrong because D-Mac's so good at fifteen and he plays ten. I love him at ten. Uh, well, his ten, he got moved back. Was it last season or this season? He got moved back to fifteen because he was just throwing too many damn interceptions. Yeah, his, his interception rate at ten was unbelievable. He plays very flat. He well, does play very flat. Too much for the opposition uh, 13. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this World Cup, more than the previous two, it's, it's saying something obvious because New, New Zealand don't look as strong as they have done relative to other teams. Others, yeah. um, a, a kicking, a, kick, a, a reliable kicker is going to be more important now than ever for New Zealand. And Bowden Barrett felt the need, even like 20 metres to the right of the sticks, he felt the need to steal a few extra few extra yards behind the referee's back um, yeah, why, last weekend. Yeah, why would you need those? I yeah. mean, I'd, I'd be fairly confident making that kick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on the 22. It's an interesting one as well. Yeah, it's on the 22. It was inside the 15. Yeah, it was inside the 15, actually, yeah. Actually, by moving it forward... You lower the angle. angle. Yeah, the angle is tighter. So it, that was a... I mean, a lot Because of you can. Kick, it was, yeah, it was nicely done. It was, it was very delicately done. He did it really well. Yeah. He's obviously... Done it plenty of times. Done, done it plenty of times and knows what as, he's doing. As a lot of kickers have done yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, it was a weird one, that. And he, he did get a lot of flack for it. But he also, he missed two relatively easy kicks in that game yeah. and handed over kicking duties to Moonga halfway through the game. Yeah. So, and that's another thing I, I think, think that's really part understand. of it. Why yeah. are they giving the kicking duties? I mean, if there's another guy on the field, they should have the kicking duties. It feels, again, very forced, almost like a, a show of confidence which they don't need. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have started Munga kicking. Yeah, if you're gonna start him, if you're gonna start Munga, start Munga, but don't have him with you know the you know the shadow of Bowden Barrett Barrett at fifteen. Just give him the show. This is like this is this is this is your team now. Run it. I, I do like New Zealand having two playmakers. It's just 
you've got to make it work. Yeah. And having, if you've got Ben Smith on the wing with Foden Barrett, um, you've got, well, one of the world's best like positional fullbacks. Exactly. So, so you don't need to, Foden Barrett potentially being out of position is less of a worry with uh, Ben Smith there. This is a, just a thought I've had now, and I'm not sure how logical it is, but still. Um, if, like, England did the similar thing with Farrell when they moved him to 12, right? And the thing is with Farrell and the thing is with Bowden Barrett is they are your key men. Right? They are absolutely your um, you know, your you know, your pivotal point. They probably do more things in training than you realise on so forth. When you then put another playmaker at 10, I wonder if that, just just the fact that they are there and the fact that they have their influence is almost a bit, a bit disruptive. You need your most influential person at 10 and then everyone else can fit in around them. So you can still have a second playmaker. That second playmaker can't be your most important playmaker or your most important player. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm yet to make up my mind. I, I don't hate the Bowden Barrett-Moonga thing because I, I would argue that Moonga, his form for the past, well, three years, having won three back-to-back-to-back uh, Super Rugby Championships, would be pushing him for a start anyway. Yeah. Pushing him to be that number one guy. So it might actually be that he is that number one guy and Bowden Barrett is having to slot into the second playmaker position. Yeah, maybe. And also, Bowden Barrett is that good that if he was, if, he, if he'd only ever been a fullback, we would be saying he's a world class player. He's he's, 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 he he's a world class skill player. set's yeah. incredible, and he does defend there um, yeah. from deep because his running game is so good. Uh, the Hurricanes defend him there from deep. Is that not to remove him from the anyway. line so he's not exposed to tackling? No, because he's actually not a terrible tackler. Mm. More, it's like. Um, Putting Scout Brits, Brits in the backfield. Yeah. So you're, not, it, you're not hiding him from making. Yeah, because it's not always a compliment, is it? Putting people at fullback to defend, like Ryan Lamb, for instance, or yeah. Danny Cipriani. <laughs> yeah. Danny, Danny, go and go and defend on the wing. That's all right. Because yeah. you've got a great running game. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah boss. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't hate it. I, I think it's, I think it's not a bad option. And mm. am I right in saying this? Was he not 15 in the 2011? Rugby World Cup final. Let me let me look that up. The one where Beaver was uh, kicking sticks. No, sorry, the Junior World, the under twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't no. playing in the. No, no, no. Uh, I have no idea. Well, those Barrett can they can just play anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Geordie Barrett's a freak as well. Yeah. So, just something else, right? This, this rugby championship is the smaller version, right? I.e., they only play each other once. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, and there's no extra. Is there an extra? Um, oh, I've forgotten what the name is between uh, New Zealand and Australia. Bledisloe. Is there an extra Bledisloe game in in Tokyo or Hong Kong or somewhere? I think there is. Yeah. Yes, I was. I was 100 correct. Who was the ten oh, that day? You so see yourself up. For who was your the ten in the under twenties? Information. This is a this is a great question. Who were the two tens in the under twenties, two thousand and eleven? I have no idea. Rugby World Cup. Two tens, as in so, that's eight, so eight, it was it was New Zealand. Eight years. New ago. Zealand. This is the final. New Zealand beat England thirty three twenty two. Eight years ago. D Mac. No, Lima Sopoanga. Too, too young. Monga too young. Sopoanga. Sopoanga was playing twelve. Really? And that's another good question. Who was playing twelve for England? Uh, eight years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Uh, George Ford. George Ford, yeah. George Ford was playing f- 10 for England. Yep. So 
So who was playing 10 for New Zealand and who was playing 12 for England? God, there's some mm. names on this team sheet. Uh, 12. Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell. Owen Farrell used to play. Uh, was the, he? Yeah, it was Ford and Farrell, 10 and 12 for, <laughs> for England. So who was playing 10 for New Zealand? Uh, uh, I, I don't ago. know. I don't know. I forgot. Colin Slade. Got no oh, idea. He is an international. Um, uh, Cruden. Not for New Zealand. Oh, wow. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, Quade Cooper. Nope. He's an international, but not for New Zealand. Uh, ben Teal. I've got no idea. Nope. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. Come on. Hang on a sneaky set. No, I don't know. I was going to go with is that a, a, a Samoan or a Fijian. Nope. Bit closer to home. What? Oh, it's uh, the, the oh, Pierce well, Francis. Pierce, uh, no, 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 no. It's the no, Welsh, Pierce, well, no. well, Welshman, uh, Ainscombe. Gareth Ainscombe. Oh, there yep. you go. Damn it. Damn it. And who else was... He was dreaming of wearing the Welsh jersey while he was in it. Yeah, he was. So, who else... God, this New Zealand under 20. It's a hell of a team. Who started at number six for New Zealand under 20s that year? Who is also playing internationally a bit closer to home. Playing what, Playing for who? Playing for New, New Zealand. Zealand. For New Zealand in the under-20s in t- 2011. Playing a bit closer to home. Someone Brad Shields. Brad Shields. There you go. Wow. Dream, he was dreaming of the Red Rose Absolutely. when he was there as well. And there's, there's two players in the England team who are playing NFL now. Wade, Wade and Scotland Williamson. Nope. Wade and uh, uh, the, uh, the London Irish, former London Irish flanker, Alex Gray. Great. Oh, good. Good shout. Good yeah. shout. <clears throat> oh, interesting. Is that great? No, actually, don't answer that because I, I don't actually want to know the answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still with the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, so I think Australia are going to get absolutely panned. That's uh, that's my yeah. Back to we yeah. took a bit. Of, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to go and catch a train. I've got, I've yeah. got a car out. Well, I've, I'm going to make it sound like a flash. I've got, got a car. Outside. No, no, no. My wife is yeah, in the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a car outside. Just waiting. Uh, for so me. big time now. Okay, so <laughs> Chris Evans is giving you that pay rise. <laughs> She's in the Ford Focus. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, it's not. It's not, not glamorous. <laughs> although, ready. although now you mentioned it, yes. For anyone, you like Gordon Ramsay. For anyone who, uh, for anyone, so there are people that go round. The way that radio ratings are measured is radar. So old. It's this thing called radar, where you get these numbers every three months based on paper diaries which people keep. Amazing. So, or, so, or I think there are some digital ones. So people knock on doors at random and say, "Would you like to fill out a?" Radio diary for two weeks, um, and here's a here's an M&S voucher, something like that. Yeah, well, you could you could win a holiday or whatever. So oh, oh, if you get one of them, tick Virgin Radio one till four p.m. Say, in the afternoon. Making, <laughs> Please making, listen first. Yeah, well, then, I'm not I'm tick. not bothered if you listen or not. Just <laughs> just tick, just tick the book by saying, look, if you've got a, if you've got a radio book, you can if yeah. you can apply for. I'm it. joking. Yeah, but absolutely it. joking. But if you were to do it, do it. Right. So we're all saying New Zealand to hammer Australia. Yeah, and then Argentina hosts South Africa. Which I actually think is going to be quite a big win for South Africa. Mm. I think this is going to be fifteen. Do you think South Africa win. might do a bit of rotating? They already have done. I suppose a they bit. have. You're right. Yeah, I think they will rotate a couple of combinations, but I think this is going to be a big win for South Africa. Well, we'll have plenty to talk about next week. We certainly will do. Podcastlive.com. Is that is that worrying when a phone does that? Uh, what flashes green and yeah, I think you you clearly had a good night last night. Oh dear. <laughs>
Is it the pepper spray uh, playing havoc with the turkey? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I've got to get off this this uh, pepper spray habit. <laughs> it's a bit Moorish, though, isn't it? Once yeah, you've done it once, once you get a taste for the taste for the heat. <laughs> so you've just built up an intolerance now. Yeah. You just need more and more. Yeah. You just need one more hit. I say, yeah, one more hit. I can, I, I can stop at any time. <laughs> right, right. Pod- Podcastlive.com, Come see us. And we'll have a we'll have a drink on the river afterwards with you. Oh, sorry, Negroni on the river afterwards. Negroni. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.